James chapter 1 verses 9 to 11. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower fails, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Christians look at everything in a very different way. Things that we think are important aren't important to other people, and things that other people think are important aren't important to us. Every day we're mixing and talking and working with people who don't see things the way we do, so it's hard to keep a right outlook on things. Other people are always trying to convince us that the way they see things is right, Mostly they don't mean any harm, it's just that they're convinced that they are right. And they think that we're being stupid, and sometimes they'll even say as much. But sometimes, if you're honest, what they say seems to make sense. You can get confused. Does that ever happen to you? Take money, for example. Everybody says it's important to get as much of it as you can. And you have to save it up for a rainy day just in case. And they tell you that wealthy people are successful people and happy people. And those ideas can get in on you and you find yourself becoming dissatisfied. If only I had a little bit more. And that's dangerous because you can then start to make money a priority and put yourself under pressure to get more. Long hours of work and all the stress that goes with that. Worrying and fretting about the things you don't have. And maybe even feeling sorry for yourself. Or even worse, you can start thinking, this Christianity thing is holding me back. I could be as well off as some of my friends if only I was ambitious the way they are. Well, it's those sort of thoughts that James is concerned to help us deal with in chapter 1 verses 9 to 11. Here's what he says. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower fails, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. James is talking here about two kinds of Christians. There are lowly Christians, Christians who aren't well off and who come low in the pecking order, not so successful as the world sees it. And there are rich Christians who are well off and successful in the world's eyes. And James is telling lowly brothers and rich brothers how they should each think about themselves. He starts by speaking to the lowly brothers and sisters, of course. 
by the world's standards they're of lower standing but James tells them they're not to think of themselves in those terms you lowly brothers he says are to glory in your exaltation that means you're to rejoice and boast in your high standing well tell that to someone who's living in a cardboard box and he'd probably say i write some high standing this and you might think at first that this is some kind of positive thinking nonsense that people are always on about. You might think it's about kidding yourself that things are better than they are. But the fact is, it's true. The most lowly Christian has a very high standing. Let's think about some of the ways it's true. First of all, the lowly brother is free of a lot of the responsibilities that a wealthy brother carries. To be entrusted with wealth by God is a big responsibility. That wealth belongs to God, and wealthy Christians are accountable to him for how they put his goods to use. As well as that, there's an ever-present danger of becoming self-indulgent if you're wealthy, and there are all kinds of other temptations too. Well, the lowly brother is free of a lot of that. Of course, to be rich in this world is a blessing. The Bible tells us that. But it's not something to desire lightly, for it brings added responsibility and it brings lots of temptations. It's not for nothing that Jesus said it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And if you want to know how hard it is, you try squeezing a camel through the eye of a needle. I have enough bother getting a thread through the eye of a needle these days. I don't know about you. As well as that, you read the Bible and it seems that God extends special privilege toward the lowly. Here's what James says in chapter 2, verse 5. Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? And the history of the church has shown it again and again. God's grace abounds especially toward those the world tends to look down on, the needy and the lowly. God doesn't despise them, quite the opposite. So that's something more for the lowly brother to glory in, something to praise God for, his wonderful grace to those who most need it. But because he is saved, and this is the third thing for him to glory in, the lowly Christian, however lowly he might be in the world's eyes, is a child of God. He's a member of God's family. Now, isn't that an exalted state to glory in? And fourth, the lowly Christian, however lowly his position in this world, knows that one day he will be exalted Remember what God says in Malachi 3.17, They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels. One day that lowly Christian will receive a crown and great honour from his Lord and Master, something more to glory in. Now those are just some of the ways in which lowly Christians are exalted. There are a lot more, I'm sure. You think about it and see how many you can come up with. But whenever you're tempted to be concerned about your lowly status or to be dissatisfied with what you have, those are the things you should rejoice in, glory in, boast off with thankfulness. Think this is what the Lord has done for me. And don't let any rich Christian look down on you or put you down. If he does, 
gently and humbly remind him of these things, for he's the one who's got it wrong. Next, James turns his attention to rich Christians. The world says people who are rich are important and successful, and people do tend to look up to them. So in case they should start to get big ideas about themselves, James reminds rich Christians of some realities. They're to remember that their riches and the things they work for and build in the world and indeed their lives are transient. In the light of eternity, our lives are all over in a flash. And all the great things rich and influential people achieve make very little difference to anything in the long run. Like a flower that grows up in a day, it's scorched by the sun and it's gone by evening. Certainly puts things in perspective, doesn't it, when you view it in this way. Riches and high standing in the world don't really count for very much. And that's exactly the point that James wants rich Christians to keep in mind. And now you are left to decide which bit of this is for you. Are you a lowly Christian or are you a rich Christian? I doubt if any of you are going to shout, I'm a rich one. But the reality, of course, is that compared to the Christians of James' day and probably compared to most Christians alive today, we are all rich. We could spend all day debating that, but it doesn't really matter because this is more about how you see yourself in relation to the people around you. Comparing yourself to your brothers and sisters in the Lord Do you tend to look down on them or do you tend to consider yourself inferior? Now, be honest and give this some thought. I know your first reaction is going to be, of course I don't look down on anyone. We're all the same. But are you sure? Because sometimes there are attitudes that only come to light when you examine your heart carefully. So here's a little test for you. Among Christians you know. Who are the ones you naturally tend to gravitate towards? Are there people you tend to exclude? Not necessarily deliberately. You just tend not to spend as much time with them, or at least you know you have to make more of an effort not to exclude them. Could that be because you see yourself on a different plane? Among your circle of Christian friends, Who are the ones you consider to be most important? Who are the ones you look up to most? Is it the wealthy ones and the ones who are most successful in the world's eyes? Well, if those things are true, be careful. Take note of what James says here and get your thinking into line with it. But there is more we can learn here if we tie these verses in with what we've already learned from James. He's already told us, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And he's told us that when the trials come, we need to face them with the kind of wisdom God gives in the Bible. There's no doubt that to find yourself in a lowly position can be a trial. It's a trial in all kinds of ways. There's the temptation to become dissatisfied and grumble or to feel sorry for yourself or to be resentful of those who have prospered more than you 
or even to take things into your own hands and step outside of God's will to make yourself more wealthy or to be more highly thought of? Will you give in to any of those temptations or will you persevere in faith and joy? That's the trial. You need to shoulder that trial with joy. You need to persevere with it with patience. And if you do, you will grow as a believer. Don't be tempted to step outside of what God allows in order to cut it short. And don't compromise your service for him in any way. And all the while, and here is the wisdom you need, James gives it in the verses we're looking at now, view your lowly position in the light of eternity. View your lowly position in the light of spiritual reality. You are truly highly exalted. Maybe it's not so obvious, but to be rich and successful can be a trial too. Will you remain faithful? Will you avoid the temptations of self-indulgence or forming too high an opinion of yourself? Well, you counted a joy to use your wealth and position for God's glory alone. And again, the wise advice for you in these verses is you too view your circumstances in the light of eternity and spiritual reality. Remember, your wealth is very transient. The same applies to both rich and poor. View your circumstances in the light of eternity. View your position in the light of God's word, in the light of spiritual reality. Do that and you'll avoid being caught up in or confused by the way the world thinks. Do that and you'll stay faithful to the Lord. And you'll find that the same principle actually can be applied to all your trials, small ones and big ones. Whatever might be happening to you, and whatever circumstances you might find yourself in, just stand back and say to yourself, viewed from the perspective of eternity, how does this really look? Viewed in the light of those things God has said and promised in his word, does this look different? Ask yourself, what is the reality here? Am I facing this trial thinking the way the world thinks about these things or am I thinking like a child of God? Ask yourself, is what the world says true or is what God's word says the reality? And then go by what God says. And if you do that, you'll not wander away from him in your trial. <laughs>